Hi, Sexy. Thanks for checking this out. We are so excited to get to know you. Your story is being uploaded right now. I know you're going to love it. But before we get started, do me a favor and write down this code. It's erotic50, E-R-O-T-I-C-5-0. What's that about? Well, it's your key to unlock 50% off and free shipping on adamandeve.com. Man, are they generous. Just enter erotic50 at the checkout and there you go. This big discount on almost any item in their sex emporium. Oh, and a little hit? Some of the toys go so good with the stories you're about to hear. Enjoy! No one knew about the quarry. Well, a few people did. This was before the park took it over and it became a focal point for the area. We used to go long before it became the park, as it is now, with canoe rental kiosks and families with small children and strollers. We used to go when it was still a secret, tinged with that little bit of danger. There were stories about the place. A girl murdered in the 1920s, her body tossed into the murky depths, stolen cars driven off the cliffs, all kinds that made the atmosphere thick and interesting. We used to go there on summer days to be alone, and we always were. I've always thought it was a beautiful place, sacred, and that the stories were just hype to keep the bad kids away. Because here's the deal. When we went there and sat on those big boulders and looked at the reflection of the cliff and the trees on the water, it felt like our own private paradise. Kevin was daring. He'd walk from the car barefooted over the railroad tracks and down the little gravel footpath. I'd walk behind him, looking at his slender, bare back, just slightly tan, his old jeans, his fingers that held his brown leather sandals by the very tips. I remember one time in particular I followed him this way out to our special place on the boulders. He climbed to the top, tossed his sandals aside and dove headlong into the blue-black water. I just stood there smiling, waiting for him to resurface, but he didn't. And I watched and waited and waited and finally I saw his blonde head break through the water's surface. He shook the water out of his hair the way a dog does sending droplets flying in every direction. You need to get into the water with me sometime, he called up to me. There's all kinds of interesting stuff down there. I could only imagine. He knew I was afraid of swimming in there. Not that I was afraid of water, but afraid of the hundreds of feet of water beneath me, and the thought of cranes and other massive pieces of machinery down there waiting to grab hold of me and not let me go. Sometime, I called back to him. You don't have to dive in. You don't even have to get into the deep part if you don't want, he said as he climbed up over the base rocks. There was a little area on the other side of the quarry that looked like a pebble beach. You could wade into the water until it was waist deep before it dropped off into nothingness. When he climbed up to me, he took my hand and led me down the path, through the honeysuckle and trumpet vine, to another clearing. Come on, he said softly, urging me to follow him into the water. I kicked off my shoes and followed slowly, hesitantly, like a frightened horse, as though I'd never been near water before. But I followed him, feeling the pebbles shift under my feet, the water coming to my ankles, and then mid-calf. He let go of my hand and hooked his finger around mine to lead me further. That's all it took. That slight lead and his reassuring gaze, hazel eyes, looking at me from the blonde bangs beginning to dry and curl again. At that point, he sat down in the water and looked up at me, wanting me to do the same. 
It was mid-afternoon and hot as blazes and the water felt good. I was still hesitant but we weren't far in and sitting down only brought the water to hit level. So I followed. I sat next to him in my sundress, letting the skirt of it float to the surface above my white legs. The sun was behind us, warming my shoulders and the humidity was thick and heavy like a blanket. The water feels good, doesn't it? he asked as he ran his fingers through the ends of my hair. I was sitting on my knees, bending my neck towards his hands, closing my eyes, trying not to notice where the water turns black a few yards in front of me, and then I felt him kiss me, first my eyelids, and then my cheek, then his tongue, parted my lips and wiggled into my mouth playfully. I pressed into him and felt his bare chest with my fingertips, tracing the contour of his pecs down his ribs and to his hip bone. Kevin was lanky, slender but strong, and his long fingers weaved through my hair to the back of my head. He pulled me into him, firmly but gently, and I acquiesced, letting that warm moment wash over me. His sweet lips kissed away my fear and apprehension. When he pulled away, I opened my eyes and saw him leaning back into the water, lying in it so that his head was on the ground and the water barely rose above his ears. The cicadas burst into that crazy, frenzied pitch before trailing off into silence again. Undo my pants, he said, and closed his eyes. I reached under the water and unbuttoned his jeans. He never wore boxers, so from beneath the button fly emerged his gorgeous cock, porcelain and perfect, like a sculpture. I caressed it under the water and watched it grow and stiffen so that the white head broke the water surface into the sunlight. Every time I saw his erection, I began to salivate, and that afternoon I was salivating looking at him lying back in the water, his eyes closed, bare-chested, the sun sparkling on the water surface making his body look like it was covered in tiny jewels. I bent down to kiss his wet lips. He never opened his eyes, just smiled slightly as the cicadas began their humming. I continued stroking his penis until it became a massive erection, and then I bent over him, the ends of my hair dipping into the water as my lips touched the tip of him. I lowered my head down further, my lips and mouth enveloping him deeper and deeper until I felt the water on my lips. I was halfway down the length of him, so I closed my eyes and went deeper. When my lips reached the base, my face was underwater, but I stayed there, holding my breath, letting my tongue spiral his shaft, my fingers dancing around the base of it. Then I came up for air. We were completely alone there at the quarry that day, and I'll never forget how beautifully looked, lying there on the pebbles, half submerged in the water, the sun, the cicadas, the blanket of heat, his parted lips parting further as I stroked him and the feeling of his skin on my lips beneath the water. I climbed on top of him, surprising him because he opened his eyes and leaned up on his elbows to watch me. When he entered my body, we both held our breath, and I felt his warm and massive erection part my lips and slide into the depths of me as I dropped my weight down onto his body. We didn't need to move very much. I gently rocked my hips back and forth slowly, easily on top of him and felt him rigid as far inside me as he had room to go. I remember the water lapping at my legs and over his chest as I moved on him that way. 
and before long I felt the surge of him coming, and I remember the way it felt, his hips thrusting and jerking in orgasm, his eyes closed again, and the cicadas strumming up their fevered song as the last bit of afternoon sun dipped beneath the tree line. Wow, how was that? So hot, so fun. You know what's also hot and fun? Ordering something from adamandeve.com. They're so generous with us in bringing these stories to you, but also helping you out with 50% off almost any item on their site and giving you free shipping. Just enter offer code EROTIC50 at checkout on almost any single item, and you'll see the price go down by half. And shipping is for free. Amazing. EROTIC50 is the code. So don't stop listening to these stories. We love you. I'll be waiting.